Hello, welcome to Makeup Week. My name is Annabelle. And I'm B. And we're going to be talking about <laughs> dating and relationships today. And it yeah. also happens to be a wasted Wednesday. Cheers. Cheers. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> So we want to talk about dating and relationships today because, first of all, as we're living through COVID, a lot of us, me, are, are also trying to date um, because we're bored or lonely. <laughs> so I just noticed that it is, there are certain challenges that have cropped up in 2020 specifically, but also just in general, because dating in the modern age is something else, right? I think the first thing we should tackle is the difference between starting dating and relationships when you're in your 20s and dating and relationships when you're in your 30s because B has a long-term partner that she's been with her fiance and they met in their 20s but I'm currently trying to date in my early 30s I'm 30 right now and it has been a whirlwind of a lot of first dates and ghosting so um it's been interesting just because I had a long-term relationship in my 20s as well. After I got out of that, I was a little bit rusty. And especially because half of the time, that one was a long-distance relationship as well. The rules are a little bit different now. And the sort of like popularity of dating apps sort of happened while I was in that relationship. So when I got out, a lot of my friends were like, you should start using it this dating app or that dating app. And I was so resistant to it for so long because I'm already so awkward in person that I thought it can't be any better to meet somebody online because, you know, that's just going to amplify my awkwardness. You can't make eye contact and all that. It's just small talk. So I was resistant to it for a long time. And then I think one night I was drunk or something. <laughs> and it's always when you're drunk or something. But one night I was drunk or something and I was like, well, oh, fuck it. Why not? So a few years ago, I just started like an account on tinder for shits and giggles and then i started like collecting dating apps just to see what the difference was because everybody started recommending them to me and once you start a dating app it's sort of like the dam is broken <laughs> i was no longer resistant to it i was like well okay this is pretty fun it's i spent a lot of free time just swiping like mindlessly almost like playing pokemon where you're just like <laughs> i know this sounds really bad but it was like trying to collect them all <laughs> she's just like I don't know you look cute you sound smart okay I'm not very good at keeping in contact with people and I don't know maybe this is something B has noticed in our friendship but I am not very good at communication or keeping in contact sometimes I just straight up forget that like relationships are like you know plants you need to water them and you need to foster them to help them grow I'm really bad at that so sometimes I just accidentally go somebody but I've noticed that like people would ghost me too. And so the way that people just so easily like ghost each other has trained me and put me into this mentality that like you don't need to put effort into a relationship or you don't need to respect somebody else's time. I feel bad about it. But at the same time, like this is a product of being on dating apps, not an excuse, but you know, so it's just been like a flurry of first dates and a lot of ghosting, maybe a second date and then ghost. <laughs> I know it sounds a little bit depressing. I'm, I promise this is not going to be that depressing. I think I'm having fun with it, but but it also feels kind of like superficial. Um, it's hard to make connections with people when you have so little invested in these dates. You know what I mean? 
because now it's just a stranger. It's no longer somebody that you met through your friend because this is just like a stranger that you meet up for coffee and then that's it. But I guess it also takes off the pressure. Like you don't have chemistry. You don't feel indebted to somebody. Like you don't feel obliged to continue dating them. There are positive things about dating apps and there are negative things as with all things in life. What are your thoughts on that, B? I, I would like to hear from your perspective because of your relationship and how you guys met. Thanks for asking, Annabelle. I'm just reflecting on what you shared because the Pokemon theme song was just running through my head. Like, gotta catch them all. Like, you're just opening your Pokeball and sorry, collecting Pokemon. I know it sounded really bad when I said it, but it's true. It's true. People just mindlessly swipe. I'm not the only one, okay? <laughs> I know. I know you're not the only one, but it's like, it's such a good visual, you know, that I was just, I'm reflecting on that right now. It's a really good question. And I think it's important to also share some context because, you know, I have been in a relationship for a really long time, pretty much like a third of my life. So my parents are super traditional and they have firm beliefs that their daughters should be very loyal, kind, docile, respectful, etc. Especially as the youngest in my family, um, there were even more expectations of this because my siblings are also a lot older than me. So when I met my partner, I think my parents were a little bit surprised. And it's kind of contradictory because they wanted pretty much me to find my life partner on the first go, but they also didn't want me to spend time with him, right? So like to be able to explore um, what the relationship could actually be like. And so I think in my 20s, a lot of it was just trying to find a balance between what I wanted and what my parents expected of me as well. It's different now just because I'm an adult. I'm, I live on my own. I feel like they don't really have as much say over how I dictate my life in this way. But I do know that, you know, when I was younger, I just struggled a lot with like wanting to date. Um, I think it even goes back to when we were in high school um, like anytime there were dances, like Annabelle remembers this, anytime there were dances, I was like very hesitant to go because my parents were so strict and they were like, you can't go like with anyone, even with like your girlfriends, right? So I just feel like in my 20s, I was not only like super inexperienced, but a lot of that stemmed from the overprotectiveness and how sheltered I was by my parents. And then later on in life, as I was approaching my 30s and gained more freedom, that's where... I still valued what my parents had to say and like what their thoughts were. I just didn't take it into account as much when I was making decisions about my love life or the romance that I was in. I do remember having to drag you. Me and Priscilla would have to like drag you to dances and stuff. Our whole group of friends would be like, why not? We knew it was because of your parents. Like we get it, you know, but it was always almost this game that we're like, come on. My parents are a little bit younger, so they're a little bit more lax. In my 20s and college and all of that, the script got thrown out the window, obviously, especially when I came out to them. Traditional Asian parents treat men and women differently. So I, I think almost like they didn't know what rules they were supposed to impose over my dating life. So we just didn't talk about it. It was very much don't ask, don't tell, <laughs> like, a, like a personal version of don't ask, don't tell. Yeah, I'm sure they knew, but we don't talk about that. Whereas I'm sure for you, you know, there were questions of like how serious things are going to be or there's always marriage, isn't there? But I would love to hear about that because it obviously did not happen for me <laughs> because that would not have been legal for me <laughs> at that point. 
So, you know, I have four older siblings and only one of them is married. And, you know, I mentioned earlier that my siblings are a lot older than me. Interestingly enough, I've never felt pressure to get married, actually. And I think that's just because my siblings are a lot older. Only one of them is married. Only one of them has kids. And my oldest sister is not married. She's like super independent, lives her own life. And I think because my parents really respect my oldest sister, that that has kind of paved the path for the rest of us. So because she's not married and she's super independent and on her own, I think my parents have never had that those expectations for me. I think that's maybe something that is not as traditional is yes, my parents wanted me to be in a stable relationship. They also just didn't feel super tied to me following through with marriage. And, you know, maybe we'll touch upon this in another episode, but it's kind of strange the contradiction that my parents expressed because my my parents are also very religious they're super devout catholics for me to you know be living with a partner and engaged and not actually married is kind of a big deal in the catholic faith marriage has never been super important to me and i don't know if you know you were one of those kids that grew up dreaming about their wedding but i never was even to this day i think wedding planning is like a chore it's a big ass event that is really fucking expensive and it's not really for you. I feel like we're kind of walking contradictions. People are going to be like, what? You're Vietnamese Americans and you feel X, Y, and Z. But this is why we think this is important because Vietnamese America is not a monolith. And just because you expect certain things or like values or whatever about Vietnamese Americans, I think it's really important to demonstrate the nuances that you know reside in all of our experiences. I recently um, invited somebody to my Animal Crossing island, (laughs) and I know that sounds stupid, but honestly, I would not have done that if it seemed like this was going to go nowhere. So let me describe it this way. If you don't know what Animal Crossing is, it's a video game. It's almost like The Sims. You take on this little character and you live a life. You have this island that you invite guests over. You tend to like your garden. You build a home. You set up every, literally everything on the island by yourself. You put in all of this time and effort and planning and care. It's like a virtual home for you. There have been articles about this, but people invest a lot of emotional you know, labor into Animal Crossing. And especially because of quarantine, this is a lot of times being used as social space. You can invite your friends over. And it feels very personal for me to invite anyone over, right? Um, just because of judgment or whatever. It's like, well, this is how my island is set up. I wonder if they're going to like it. So so for me to let like a, an, an almost stranger into this space is opening myself up in a lot of ways. It's almost like, you know, that feeling you get when you share one of your favorite playlists with somebody and then you're afraid that they're going to judge your taste in music. For me, sharing my playlist is also a very personal thing because that's also something I invest a lot of emotion and care into curating. So Animal Crossing is like that. It's a virtual world that you've built from the ground up. To have somebody over, it feels like a very personal thing. And (laughs) as stupid as it sounds, I would never invite somebody over if it felt like we were going to ghost each other. I'm just curious about like dating. Where's it going to go next? You know, Um, I know since COVID or the quarantine started, dating apps have been sort of recommending people meet each other like virtually first. And some of my friends have really taken to that and they really enjoy it. But like I said, 
Zoom calls and video chats are really exhausting for me. If I'm talking to my friends, that's fine. We have something to talk about. But if I'm talking to somebody I don't really care about, really exhausting to have to put up a front in my own home. I think when you get out of the house to go on a date, it's like, okay, I'm going to put on my outfit. Or in that sense, it's almost like a costume. I'm going to put on my costume, my people face, and uh, go out and for a few hours. And then that's it. It's sort of like setting aside some time and space for somebody else. But when I go back to my home, I want to be comfortable in my own home. And I can't really do that if I am video chatting with a stranger in my home. And I don't know if that makes any sense. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just weird. My friends seem to really enjoy it. But the thought of video chatting with somebody for a date is terrifying to me. That's like my worst nightmare. I think I'm just old-fashioned, though. I miss the stability of a relationship because it took me like a year to adapt to modern dating. I'm just an introvert who really doesn't enjoy meeting new people. And I wish I could jump into the relationship like at the six-month point (laughs) where like you're already kind of comfortable with each other. There's still things that you can learn from each other and things you can learn about each other that makes it exciting, but you're kind of comfortable. I want to be able to fart in front of somebody. (laughs) (laughs) So I have a question actually that I think is a good one. Of course, I'm like, I have a question that's a good one, Annabelle. This is the the alcoholic kombucha speaking here because I am a little bit buzzed. (laughs) Go nuts. Um, (laughs) but um I'm interested in knowing like if the relationships you've seen in your life whether they're your parents um like how have like witnessing those relationships and like the values that were instilled in those relationships impacted what you're looking for in a partner today and I'm asking this question because I think it's important to touch upon Vietnamese cultural identity and also when you're just exposed to something all the time, that's what you think is proper. And so, you know, you might actually look for really bad qualities in a relationship based on like what has been modeled for you. I'm curious what qualities you look for in a partner or like qualities you not look for in a relationship based off of what you've witnessed yourself. My parents are pretty traditional in a lot of ways, but between the two of them, their interactions were a little bit unorthodox in certain ways as well. Like my dad was the the caretaker. He cooked, he cleaned, he did all of the things that like are traditionally associated with women in Vietnamese culture. He was very like pampering. That was the way that worked with my mom. Like she loved being pampered. And then she was also very take charge. And so I think for me, especially because my relationships are not traditional, I've actually spent a lot of times re-examining my impulse and our first attraction to somebody is usually based on impulse. And then you have to re-examine that to be like, okay, am I attracted to somebody because they're full of red flags that I witnessed in my parents? (laughs) So in all the times that I've spent like re-examining my relationships as a reflection of my parents' relationship, I look for somebody who respects my time and space. I'm a fiercely like independent person. I don't like having my time and activities beholden to somebody else. I know that sounds callous, but if I'm having a bad day, I don't want anybody else around. I just want to be able to be me for a second and exist as myself. So essentially, I just want to be left alone. And that wasn't really the case with my parents because they were just 24-7. They were like, they worked together. They did everything together, which is fine for some people, but it's not for me. And not just romantic relationships, but even in friendships. 
I've realized like I sometimes have really negative reactions to things that people suggest or say to me. And I'm like, why am I blowing things out of proportion? But it's because I feel like something that could be a slippery slope is if somebody demands to know how I'm spending my time. So somebody who doesn't respect my freedom, that's a big no-no. I love my parents. I love how caring they are towards each other and towards me. But because I am an only child, at times it really felt like I was being smothered. In a relationship, I really just need somebody who understands that sometimes I don't want you around, but that's not because I don't want you specifically around. I just don't want anybody around. Somebody who's not going to take that personally, because some people will, and I just can't deal with that. Communication is key to me. If I communicate something to you, you need to respect that. And if you communicate something to me, I will respect that. Even when I'm in a relationship, I am my own person. I don't like codependency. And obviously you can't be like fucking racist. <laughs> Did you just really <laughs> So, you know, one of the things that we've talked about a little bit is how important our Vietnamese heritage is to us, but you know, in sharing a little bit more about what we look for in terms of relationships and commitment, it's pretty clear that we're quite American through and through. And that's an important distinction to point out because so much of our lives have been impacted by our Vietnamese identities, but this also very important part of our lives when it comes to relationships haven't been. Um, And I'm curious what your thoughts are on that, Annabelle, and, you know, like maybe um, what, what aspects of your Vietnamese identity you think have been upheld as you are engaging in relationships and meeting people and also like how you've kind of strayed away from maybe a more traditional path. I think the most Vietnamese thing about me is that like, I cannot date somebody who doesn't respect the food that I eat. If you're going to diss durian or if you're going to make a face at fish sauce then we cannot be together so i think that's the most vietnamese thing about me but i am no way beholden to vietnamese tradition when it comes to dating i think because dating and relationships are so personal it's not a statement that you're making to anybody else you're not trying to defend tradition this is my life this is my body this is my feelings these are not things that should be dictated by traditions you know obviously the whole being queer thing is breaking away from a lot of tradition already but just in in general my approach to relationships um is so non-traditional because of my lack of attachment to marriage or settling down or having kids just living through you know moving to america you know having nothing having something having nothing it's just became clear to me that like life can change so quickly that I cannot waste my time, my energy, my love on somebody that I cannot fully invest myself in. And I feel like a lot of times we, when we are beholden to tradition, we're, we're, we're falling in love for somebody else. If you're dating people that you quote unquote think you should, I know friends who are like, you know, you have to date a man who's taller than you or you have to date a man with a career or whatever. Maybe it's the queer person in me, but that has never crossed my mind. If I were to make my dating relationship choices based on tradition, that seems like a violation of who I am. So I think my driving force there is, again, tied to that fiercely independent part of myself. I saw a quote on the internet that says, like, tradition is just peer pressure from dead people. And it's so incredibly true. 
And I've never been one to give in to like peer pressure. Yeah, that's from my point of view. I would be really interested to hear yours as well, because I, I know you're not a traditional person either. <laughs> yeah, what you just shared spoke out to me so much because uh, you and I are both super headstrong and firm in our beliefs and convictions and we're strong, we're badass. And that's something to take pride in. And, you know, if people are looking to engage in a more traditional relationship, we're probably not the right people um, to be dating. Anyway. No, I 100% agree with you there. Like if somebody's looking for a traditional person to date, like that's not us. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think what you said earlier around respecting your culture and your Vietnamese identity is super important. It was really important to me when I was dating and looking for a partner that my partner actually um, was Vietnamese. And I don't know why that is, but I, and it wasn't that actually when, when I was dating that I was like looking for someone who was Vietnamese. It was just that I felt like it was so important for my partner to be able to communicate with my parents. And my parents actually don't, are not very fluent in English at all. And so I think there was a small part of me that still wanted my parents to be accepting of whoever I ended up with. Again, it wasn't intentional, but I think every person that I've dated has been able to speak Vietnamese pretty fluently. And the reason for that is because I still very much so take into account like my parents' ability to be able to communicate with my partner. And so that seems like a minor aspect of Vietnamese cultural identity, but I think language is a really important one and communication is too. And so very similar to how you said, yeah, like your partner better be able to accept the food that you like. If it's durian or fish sauce, I feel very much so the same way. But some another quality that I think I was looking for probably more intuitively than intentionally was my partner being able to communicate with my parents, even like at a bare minimum, right? Versus like not at all. I think that reveals how we each view the importance of our parents approving our relationship. Certainly for me, I feel like once there is a threshold that I already crossed, so what does it matter what my parents think about my relationship now? (laughs) Not to say that I don't love and respect my parents. Obviously, I do. But like I said, because of the, the way that I felt sometimes almost smothered by how coddled I was, you know, being an only child and not, it made me feel like I should have something of my own. And I feel like at my worst, uh, there are moments when I'm almost like deliberately ignoring any sort of input like friends and family would have on my romantic relationship. I know this sounds really headstrong and stupid, but like I, I have enough faith in myself to be able to choose somebody who's not a bad person. You know what I mean? So Because of that, and I'm very like introspective when it comes to like analyzing potential red flags or things like that. So aside from that, aside from stopping me from making a huge mistake and dating like a serial killer, I don't think anybody else has any business dictating my relationships. That reveals, I think, the way that we each feel about romantic relationship in terms of all of our other relationships. I think you're you're looking for somebody who could get along well with the people you care about, which is great. You know, I think that's beautiful. Whereas I, on the other hand, sort of like hold so tightly to my privacy that like I will treat my romantic relationships as like a thing that I can have without anybody 
interfering. But it's not like I'm possessive over my partner. I just don't want to have to put up with anybody else's opinion about my dating life because it feels like it should be my own thing. Like the one time I should have to myself is to be with my partner. I would love to hear your point of view because, uh, you know, that analysis, I don't want to step on your toes. It feels like I'm psychoanalyzing you. I don't want to. So I would love to hear from your point of view as well. I love being psychoanalyzed by people. I feel like it's free therapy. So I feel like you need to lay it on me. And this is just, this is all public free therapy. So hopefully it helps someone else out there too. So, uh, Connect with me or, you know, slide into our DMs. Is that what the kids say these days? <laughs> Last I heard, yes. <laughs> slide into our DMs if, uh, you know, you can relate to Annabelle or me. <laughs> you know, we've had conversations outside of this podcast, but growing up, it's been really hard for me to separate my identity from that of not only my parents, but also my siblings. Like, I've always really upheld the family unit and it is only now in my 30s that I think I'm reevaluating and reassessing what that means to me. And maybe this is like the next point that we're trying to make is like family is super important and I think it's a huge part of Vietnamese culture, but it's also not everything. And I think this is something, Annabelle, you've always modeled really well and have always known that like, yes, your parents and your family are important figures in your life, but they shouldn't dictate what path you take and what your vision for your life is. I'll be honest that for me, it's been very much so the opposite. And even though, yes, we're both really headstrong and really um, firm in our convictions, where we are almost like on different sides of the spectrum is that, you know, I give my family and their input too much power versus where you, I think, are able to ask for their input, but also distance yourself from that and kind of like take it in without letting it impact your decision. The point that I wanted to lead to with this is in Vietnamese culture, heritage society, the family unit is very important. But, you know, when we think about modern dating and just like being modern young people, hopefully we're still considered young people, we have to really take what we've learned from our parents, their experiences and our experiences with them to shape better lives for ourselves and better lives for maybe our children or other people that we want to have impact on. And I think that's an important distinction to make. I appreciate your uh, kindness <laughs> in your analysis of who I am. I think it's a very generous interpretation. It's, um, I think at my worst, I can be very self-isolating and almost dismissive of other people's opinions of my relationships which, you know, to a, to a degree, it is self-preservation. You know, obviously, you can't put too much weight on other people's opinions. But in some ways, I see where you're coming from because you're going to have all these people in your life and you want them to get along. You want people in your life to be kind to each other and to like each other. You know, that makes for a happier life for everybody involved. So, so I think I could probably use a little bit more consideration when it comes to other people's feelings and opinions. We all have things to learn. We're constantly growing. Like you said, we're young-ish. So there's still so much time to learn. Even if you're old, there's always room to grow as a person. So yeah, I mean, you guys have any painful relationship experience, share it with us. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no we want to know your stories. We've talked about this, but anytime someone reaches out to us, it makes our day really to know that what we're sharing is connecting with someone in some way. We definitely want to hear your stories, no matter what age you are or like what kind of story it is. We hope that you continue to find us entertaining. And if you have any comments, suggestions, uh, hit us up. Just don't be rude about it, please. 
I take things very personally. <laughs> so, <laughs> this has been relationship talk on Me Cuppy with Annabelle and V, and we are so grateful as Annabelle shared that you joined us for another episode, and hope to see you on the next one as well. Bye. Bye.